Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Raw Knowledge Podcast with your host, as ever, myself, Alex Connor, where we talk everything training, nutrition, lifestyle, you name it. And we are doing something slightly different today. I'm back doing a solo episode. I've done a couple of these in the past. They're very popular. And I thought I'd hone in today on some of the books that have changed my life. So as you may have ascertained by the title and the cover photo, we're going to be going through a few of my favorites. And I thought instead of just giving a review, I'm going to hone in on a collection of the things that have given me the most return on investment that I've learned from these books, whether that was just a mindset, whether it was a quote, whether it was a habit, a skill, even a verbiage or some sort of motivational pattern or speech. So they're in no particular order. I will put these in the links in the description, wherever you're watching or listening, whether that's YouTube or podcast platforms, so you can add them to perhaps your list. Now, the problem with books is that there's always someone recommending one, <laughs> which is probably a good problem to have in many respects. And what I mean by that is you just never really have enough time to read them all, or so it seems there's not enough time to read them all. So look, take from this what you can and what you will. I would have a bit of a list and a hierarchy system because sometimes you might be going through sequentially and that's not a bad idea, but perhaps depending on your situation, there may be a book that you need to listen to or read, depending on whether it's audio or physical, that might actually be the bit of information, depending on where you are in your life, that will help you the most. So to, act, to kind of collate where you wanna be or prioritize is the word I'm looking for, what book you should be reading. Well, ultimately, it's the one that grabs you, but it might be the one that is relevant to your journey or your position, your current situation in life. Anyway, let's get into it. So again, in no particular order, and this is subjective. Remember, this is my experience. This is my opinion. So everyone's got a different one and everyone's going to have different books to share. So the first one that I always seem to gravitate towards when someone asks me, hey, Alex, what is a book that you'd recommend reading? And again, these books, I've, they're not all of them. I've kind of kept them to a point where they're, they're going to be useful for, nay, say everybody, in terms of you'll be able to take something away from it, no matter what your situation. And again, it just depends on where you're at and what calls out to you. So I'm going to collate a bit of a library as well, just on a side note, in my future house where I'll have a relationship section, a finance section, and like a non-negotiable section. And I'm gonna create all these different categories and I'm just gonna pick out the best of the best. And I wanna reread them on those given subjects. But the non-negotiable ones for my future family, my kids, I'd love to say, hey, kids, look, if you wanna learn about X, Y, and Z, go for it. But these ones, you must read because they are too good and they will enhance your life greatly. All right, so the first one is The Happiness Advantage. And this one is written by Sean Acor. So Sean, he is a tutor, he's a speaker, he's a lecturer at, he's a professor, I believe, uh, at Harvard University, if I've got this, if my memory serves correctly. You can find a TED talk on him and he's a psychological researcher or a psychology researcher and he studies, or he has studied, the element of positive psychology. So something that's quite interesting about the psychology studies and when they're looking at 
you know, teaching people and creating statistics and averages, we're always generally teaching to the mean or the mean average. So anything above the data line or above the average or below it, if it's too far above and below, like outliers, then the, the research was will generally sort of cut that out a little bit and they'll just focus on where the majority is. Now that is where a lot of the curriculum in the educational system is, is created. So it's gauged towards, you know, the median, if you like, the mean average. And unfortunately, when people, or when this is created, it leaves out a lot of, or it doesn't really cater for people who fall out of that. So a lot of the time with psychology, especially many years ago, they were studying the average, but also the people below. And they were like, well, how can we get people from below the average to the average? And Sean was sort of going, well, hang on a minute. What about these people at the top? What about these people who are doing really well? What about these people who are really happy and excelling? Shouldn't we study them? And the general consensus was like, well, no, because they're already doing really well. They don't need help. But his theory or his angle on this was, well, if they're doing really well, perhaps we can learn from them to take people from not just below average and average, but beyond average, because who the fuck wants to be average? Seriously. Someone said, you're going to grow up and have an average job with an average wage, and you're going to marry an average wife and have average kids and have an average mentality and an average body. Does that appeal to you? If it does, this podcast is not for you. Okay. So ultimately it's about happiness, the seven key habits, elixirs, if you will, that contribute to happiness. I won't spoil it all for you, but two of them are the biggest ones that are my belief systems and how it affects happiness. Happiness was thought to be something that you were born happy or you weren't, but no, there is somewhat of a formula to it. And without being happy clappy, it's understanding where to invest that time and energy and how to manipulate your life to increase happiness to again, pose a happiness advantage. So highly, highly recommend that book. Sean, he is a great um, author in this. He's a great speaker. He's really funny. He's really engaging. That's one of the biggest things about books. If it's boring, uh, you're just not going to listen to it. You're not going to read it. Again, I'm saying listen because sometimes I've audio booked, uh, got these books on audio. Uh, sometimes I like to do that. It's completely up to you but sometimes audio is better if you're traveling and it depends on your learning method. And then if it's really good, buy the physical book, I say. So that, that is a book I generally recommend and even gift to other people. So get on it. The four hour work week. Ah, yes, this one comes up a lot. So this is why by Mr. Tim Ferriss, Timothy Ferriss, if you will. And he's a, a really well-known figure and almost a nomad, if you like, in the entrepreneurial space. So most entrepreneurs, most serial entrepreneurs have read his material. He's got many. Um, with these books, there's a lot of, I think, context that goes into it. I've read this book three times, and every time I've been in a different position and different place, a different mindset, I've taken different things out of it. What I'd like to say with this one is that you need to take it with a grain of salt because there's gonna be a lot of things that are non-applicable depending on the type of lifestyle you want, but the general theme and takeaway is gold. That's what you wanna take out of it. And the, the main takeaway I think should be for most people in a generalized sense is that you can 
earn money doing whatever you truly desire and you don't have to be a slave to the nine to five. You do not have to conform and whatever lifestyle you want, you can reverse engineer that and get paid for it. That is the main takeaway. Hence the name, the four hour work week. And in this book, Tim uses is himself as an example, but many other people uh, that he's worked with, colleagues, associates, that have engineered a life, as they call it, as the NR, which stands for the new rich, which are people, which there's a lot of them out there now, where, and I guess myself included, sitting here on a Wednesday morning, just talking to you guys, brilliant stuff, um, where you can choose your own working hours and get paid to do something that you love by leveraging a product, a service, understanding marketing, understanding systems and processes. So there's a lot in this. And I think for a lot of people it can be overwhelming or like I did when I first read it or started listening to it because I got it on audiobook. I was like, shit, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to do, and it was just a little bit too much. So again, take the principles, read through it in your own time, make notes, but then take out the keys and the tools. And even Tim will, will tell you this himself, take what works, leave what doesn't. Uh, but a phenomenal book because it will open your eyes, especially if you're a little bit almost in disbelief or even a bit pessimistic. This will give you an insight to what is actually achievable. And that kind of goes through like the victim mentality or mindset versus the growth mindset and the opportunist. Um, if you're always living in scarcity, like worrying where money's gonna come from, lack of resources, this, that, and the other. And don't get me wrong, you have to be realistic. You're in a very negative mindset. You're gonna focus on that and you're gonna get more of it. Where if you live in the abundance mindset, where you understand that, you know, resources are in abundance, money is in abundance, you know, you can get and source out everything you need with the right skill set, with the right discipline, then you will start focusing on those positives and once again, you'll get more of it. Now on Tim Ferriss, there are a few more. I'm looking up on my bookshelf now because I've got Tools of the Titans and he's got another one as well, which is uh, Tribe of Mentors. I'm yet to read that one. Tools of the Titans is phenomenal. Again, it's massive and it's all the top techniques, behaviors and habits from world-class performers in every single field. And again, like Tim always recommends, take what you want, leave the rest, but absolutely gold. If you are someone who really wants to escape the nine to five and you want to do what you love in life and engineer um, and orchestrate a life that you want, then you've got to start listening to this material and at least getting your head around it. It's not that hard. It's just the specifics are going to change for the individual. So highly recommend. Highly recommend all these books, Alex. That's why I'm talking to you about them. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the next one is more on the essence of relationships and communication. And now I'm familiar that most of you are gonna have at least heard of some of these books or at least read a couple of them, I imagine. If you're listening to this podcast, this is gonna be aligned with you. And hopefully there's a, a few new ones in there as well. So The Five Love Languages by Mr. Gary Chapman. Sound a bit of a drink, guys, wet in the whistle. This is brilliant and absolutely invaluable in the way that humans have love languages and it's been broken down to five categories. They are acts of service, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch and receiving gifts. Now, it doesn't mean that the way we give love is the way we receive love, meaning if I have a love language, and we generally have one or two primary, that is physical touch, 
and words of affirmation, it doesn't mean that my partner, my clients, my family is the same love language. And you can, under, by understanding the love languages, you can create stronger relationships. So a lot of relationships fail because if we're looking at that side of things in the intimate world, one partner is speaking one love language and the other partner is speaking another and they're not actually feeding each other's love languages. So what happens is they use, Gary uses an example of where the love tank runs down. So when the love tank is empty, that's when you start to do some things that are not in alignment to perhaps your normal beliefs. So you'll get kids who lash out and act out. You'll get people who do things in frustration and anger, and I'm sure we can all relate, we've been there. But oftentimes it's just because, aside from it might be that you're underslept or under the influence of something, for, for some people, that your love tank is just empty. You're not receiving love in the way that you know you are able to articulate it and diffuse it in the body, if you will. This allows you to identify your own love languages and how to identify the love languages of those around you. This can give you a massive advantage in life because if you can understand how to read this in your clients, in your friendships, in business relationships, especially in your intimate relationships, then you are gonna be able to provide uh, much more support, much more love uh, and a greater experience and a stronger bonding connection with those people which will ultimately enhance your relationship and theirs and the experience of life in general. So I couldn't rate this highly enough. There is a bit of a religious element to it. And again, whatever you want to believe in, that's completely up to you. I am not a man of the cloth, if you will. I do not believe necessarily in one religion or, or God as it's depicted in the Bible. But again, that's no disrespect to anyone who does. So I, he sort of referenced God and a few things that didn't really resonate with me. But the principles of the love languages, absolutely 100% powerful, great stuff. Um, and again, this is a non-negotiable read, I think. Uh, first of all, those uh, the happiness advantage in the five love languages, non-negotiable, in my opinion. The next one is also the four-hour work week. Again, if you're an entrepreneur, get into it. Be happy working to the nine to five, go for it. Um, as long as you're happy and you've got the freedom you want, that is completely up to you. The next one is Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. So there's a second edition coming out. Matthew Walker is a sleep researcher. He started in the field of neurology and then moved across more in the realms of sleep science. He was studying uh, Alzheimer's, again, if memory serves, and he was looking at, I think it was even Parkinson's, it was a few um, degenerative autoimmune diseases as well and, and neuro neurological diseases where he started to notice a pattern that the people that were really underslept were the ones that suffered the most. So he saw this massive correlation between people who slept well and didn't and how that correlated to their health contraindications and even the severity of diseases. And you can look at this in heart health, etc. I've had one of Matthew's colleagues on my podcast as well, Dr. Michael Grandner. If you want to go and listen to that again, skip back, you'll see it. It's phenomenal. And I could probably speak for a long time about this, so I'm going to try to keep it streamlined. Okay, so Matthew goes into why we actually sleep, and it's an answer that we are still working on. We know a lot about sleep, but in the grand scheme, it is just so small compared to how much we still need to realize and understand. He is going to correct some of the research in this particular book. There's a few quotes and references that are mildly inaccurate, which he spoke about, um, which are just 
from reference to certain studies that perhaps were not quite done with full transparency, but ultimately the evidence, the concepts that he speaks about are real and they're impactful and it will blow your mind. Once again, just like Sean in The Happiness Advantage, he has made this really fun, really engaging, comical at times to listen to. It was a book that I just couldn't put down, quite frankly, and that, that says a lot because I'm not a massive reader, um, which is ironic to this podcast because if you tell me I'd read a lot of books when I was younger, I would have laughed and walked away. But sure enough, um, I am here, I'm reading, it's great knowledge. So this one is super, super valuable. It will just start to give you an insight to how important it is to sleep with quality. And my clients that are listening now will be nodding their heads because I will bombard you with this if you are a client of mine. I will constantly help you get better sleep to the point even where you're like, just why you keep going on about this so much, Alex? Well, it's because it will dramatically make or break your whole life. If you learn to create good sleep habits and master the art, and it sounds silly because it's free, it's not sexy and you can't sell it, right? You will be ahead of 80% of the population. And most people, including yourself listening, will be skipping out on this most nights of the week, if you're honest, or even if you think you're getting good at sleep, you probably can improve. We're all guilty of it, myself included but you've got to make the time and the discipline. This way, you'll be able to get ahead, you'll be able to optimize everything in your life, whether that's body composition goals, all the way to cognitive, business, communication skills, you are just gonna be sharper. It just enhances or detracts from the whole when you've got great sleep. And oftentimes, coffee or other stimulants get the benefit, like, oh, I just had a coffee today. That's, excuse me why I'm feeling so good. No, oftentimes, if you've had really good rest, this, is the key uh, to the door that opens up true potential and you'll actually achieve more. So contrary to what a lot of busy professionals will say, oh, I'll skip out on sleep or they're fucking around on their phones um, instead of actually getting things done. Again, this comes down to systems and processes and habits and behaviors, which we'll talk about. You're gonna be able to achieve more with less time. So at the end of the day, if you wanna live longer and you wanna live a better, more productive life, learn to sleep, Read this book, get it in your head, and make sure you improve on it today. Massively, massively inspiring. All right, the next one is key person of influence, which is almost like KPI, key performance indicators, but no. Key person of influence. This is by Daniel Priestley. So Daniel Priestley is actually Gold Coast born and bred individual and he started his time here he moved to london had a bit of a blueprint there and created a lot of success and a lot of wealth within his business endeavors now daniel is something someone that hopefully is going to be coming on the podcast we're just trying to organize a time with his schedule in london and this was again a, re a really big help for me when i started in the commercial gym space when I was starting my business to be a person of influence. And it actually got referred on to me by a good friend and ex-business partner um, who said to me, hey, I think you're already doing some of this stuff, but I think you should read it because it might highlight the importance of what you're doing, um, reinforce where your energy should be going specifically to target it and what is gonna give you the greatest return on investment again. So 
This talk, Daniel talks about in this book, the things that you can do anywhere in your industry to become the key person of influence. So when you're the key person of influence, you are a figure in the industry that is looked upon to be of influence, someone who is trustworthy, who gets results, who is the go-to guy or girl. For example, having this podcast is something that helps me become a key person of influence. I'm influencing you, the listener. I'm influencing people to help them enhance their lives. So by having these resources, by becoming an author, by becoming a podcaster, YouTuber, all these other things that you can do by becoming the key person in your space. And you might be thinking, well, I can't do that. I'm just starting out. Well, Daniel actually talks through the process of how to do this without obviously doing it in a way that's disingenuous and actually building up a catalog, a repertoire, if you will, of credibility that helps you become a key person of influence in your space where people will gravitate towards you, i.e. clients, etc. So again, highly recommend. The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but there is a few habit books. There's the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People I'm currently reading as well, but this one is one that I've read all the way through. So with this one, this particular book, it was very long-winded, I found, and there was a lot of, it was clever in terms of intertwining the principles with real-life scenarios. But sometimes for me, and again, this is my experience, it got a bit lost. The, the message got a bit lost with, with all of that. I like the concept of it, but it's sort of almost dragged on. So I want to give you the juice with this one. And if you do read it, it's a great read. But again, just stay connected to the principle and try not to lose yourself so much in the story. The power of habit suggests, and the best way I can summarize it was the passage that it had at the end of the book, <laughs> which is almost like skip to the end. But um, ultimately, habits are like, swimming in water. So imagine you're a fish and you are in a stream and the stream has a current. If you do not have the power to swim, you will go with the current. The current is society. It's the habits that you will fall into, the path of least resistance. For example, going home, switching on the TV, getting around on your phone, doing whatever it is you do and not getting whatever it is you wanted to do done. For example, learning to play the guitar or taking the trash out or going for that walk or whatever it might be. Learning the power of habit, how to make, break, and change and influence gives you the ability to swim. So if you're swimming, you can then go upstream, across stream, to the shore, whatever it is that you wanna to do, to the side, to the middle, deeper, shallower. It gives you the power to change your life and actually put it in the position of where you want it to go. Because what we don't realize in life is that we are susceptible to all of these just general habits. Like whatever's going on in life, you're just gonna go with the flow. You probably don't realize how much screen time you spend until it pops up or how you just flick open Facebook and start scrolling. And I know you're nodding your head. I know you understand what's the, where this is going because we're all guilty of it. Once again, we've all done it. Or you know, you just go to the fridge and you're like staring in the fridge. You're like, why the fuck am I even in the fridge? Like, <laughs> what if I was meant to go get a pen or something? And you just end up staring in the fridge. Because again, you fall into the habits of default, the path to least resistance. So understanding how to be creating awareness around this, and then again, how to make, break, manipulate habits is the underlying principle of change. And there's a lot more to this, behaviors and habits, but this is how I am able to get above average results with my clients and achieve for the most part with most of 
my clientele something that is quite special and it's actually tapping into the habit and the behavior side of things it's not tricking people it's just understanding people's personality understanding some psychology and understanding why and how they operate and how do you empower them to create change and give them the tools to plug in which creates long-lasting change so it's almost like again it's the it's the principle behind the actual theme of what's going on so you know it's like a cake the base is good but if you don't have the underlying principle of it if you don't have, like you can dress it all the way you want. You can make a really nice looking cake with icing and all this, but if it tastes crap, it's a shit base and it's always gonna fall down. So again, it's about the underlying foundations. So the next one, the richest man in the Babylon. I always gotta say that, the richest man in Babylon. Yeah, the Babylon. I just, <laughs> the reason why every time I hear that is there was a PlayStation game Back in the day, I'm, I'm trying to think what it was, some fighting game. And um, anyway, you had a character and whatnot, and you could create and change, you know, the sort of skill level. You could have, say, more endurance, or you'd have more power, more speed. Anyway, there was one location where you would fight, and as it was introducing the fight, it would say, Welcome to the Babylon. Oh, and it was, anyway, it was funny. So, yes, something a bit interesting there. Um, a bit left field, but some of you may have heard of The Richest Man in Babylon. So it's written by George Samuel Clayson, and it's written in such a way that it's a fable almost, and a storytelling element to it. So by telling a story of The Richest Man in Babylon, so it goes back to ancient times where the Babylonians were the richest or the wealthiest culture society uh, and within their city they talked about the principles of which they would imply to create wealth and again these still these principles still exist today and it's very basic it's not a massive read uh, but very clever cleverly written because it intertwines a story with the principles of how to create wealth and again, they still relate now. They are still the most basic things like how to save, how to turn $1 into $2, how to invest, how not to waste money, all of these basic things. So for someone who is interested in enhancing their wealth without the gimmicks, the schemes, the BS, all of that crap, this is a phenomenal read. It's interesting, it's engaging, and it's valuable. Next book, Models by Mark Manson. And also I'm gonna include in this one of his other books, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. A lot of you may have heard of this one. A lot of you may have read this one. That is his most popular book, I believe. He's got a few others. I've read them all. I love Mark. I think his writing is absolutely brilliant. It's eloquent, it's engaging, it's fun, it's real, it's relatable. Once again, with a bit of luck, Mark will be coming on the podcast in the next six months. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal writer and very well articulated. The subtle art of not giving a fuck is exactly that. But again, if you read that title, you would perhaps think it's about not giving a fuck about anything, which is quite negligent. It's not. What Mark talks about in this book is actually how that you've only go, got so many fucks to give, i.e. you've only got so much brain power, you've only got so much decision-making abilities every day, and by choosing what you give a fuck about, you can actually start to prioritize where your energy goes and save a lot of wasted energy about giving a fuck 
on things that you can't control. So ultimately it comes down to, okay, the things that you should be giving a fuck about is your family members, your, your work, the things that are important to you. It might be your main hobbies, your interests, the people around you you care about, but not giving a fuck about things that don't matter, like the opinions of sheep or the naysayers or someone who might've looked at you wrong or had a bad exchange with you, whatever it is, or people who just don't have any bearing or value to give, don't worry about it, let it go. They do not have the power or should not have the power to take any brain power or even mental space in your head. Now that's easier said than done. And that's why Mark goes into this and talks about how to prioritize that, segregate that and use some tools and techniques to be able to alleviate a lot of those, um, you know, mental wanes that strain on us that we hang on to sometimes that we shouldn't and again we're, we're all guilty of it so phenomenal book especially for someone who perhaps is easily influenced by others or is too empathetic to the point where they're always caring what other people think again you can't control what you can't control let it go focus on what you can control that's where the energy should be in his other book models uh, this is more in relation to relationships and attraction. Now there are many books that I've read on relationships and attraction, especially back in the PUA, Pickup Artist days. And I've had some phenomenal guests on the podcast, including Kezi Noble and Charles Black within this space. And I have a few other guests coming on who are phenomenal in the realms of relationships too. Now, if you're a male, this is more for you models, but again, females will get something out of this. If there was a book that could wrap up in, once again, a really succinct manner that's real and relatable for understanding relationships and attraction, this would be it. There's no gimmicks, it's to the point, it's raw, it's real, and it helps a lot of men, it has helped a lot of men, including myself, really understand the concepts of attraction and even the actions to stop second guessing yourself, like how it actually works. Again, there's a lot more nuance to it, but it's a great summary and anyone who is looking to improve their skills, their love life, if you like, their relationships with others and especially women, this one is for you. Get it read, simple, effective. Mark, you've done a fantastic job. The next book is The Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McEwen. The original Oxygen Advantage advantage tutor. Now this one along with breath, which is, or breathe, which is the next one that I'm going to talk about by James Nestor. These two kind of go hand in hand. Now I had a guest on my podcast, Brendan, who talked about the advantage of oxygen, right? So he is one of the instructors uh, that has learned from Patrick McEwen. And this one was phenomenal for me in terms of understanding the importance of nasal breathing, which it kind of goes back to. And even the art of breathing, excuse me, in general, most of us are breathing wrong. I would have talked to a few of my clients about this already. If you're listening, you'll be understanding where I'm gonna go with this. But ultimately, we've forgotten the art, <laughs> the art to breathing. And this sounds absolutely ridiculous because we do it every day. We take it for granted. It's something that we assume that we're getting right, but there are a plethora of things we're not doing right. One of them is we're mouth breathing too much and we're not nasal breathing enough. And the nose was meant for the most part for breathing. Yes, the mouth is also, but it's a secondary component. That's not its main, its main role. The nose is the main place, the main facilitator of breathing oxygen. Now, along with shaping the face, even the jawline, how the teeth are formed, all the way to the blood oxygen levels, this goes through it all. 
It also goes through how to become a nasal breather and stop breathing through your mouth. It goes through all of the science behind it. It uses real life examples of people as well who'd been struggling, people on the really bad end of it, all the way to people who are into performance. And then in Breath by James Nestor, or Breathe, he talks about the physiology and the history of breathing. And he goes back, um, he's, he's someone that has gone through some radical tests himself uh, as a bit of a lab rat, but also going back to all of the different accolades in time and how we have forgotten breathing, how we've changed physio uh, physiologically in terms of how the brain sits in the head and how we've lost that space for breathing through the nose and why, um, due to all sorts of env environmental factors that we've lost this ability to nose breathe, even down to some tribes that are still doing these basic techniques and growing up and learning how to mouth, mouth uh, sorry, nasal breathe rather than becoming a mouth breather. And again, this one, just like the sleep book by Matthew Walker, will absolutely blow your mind. It, again, there's all of these little one, two percents. If you take these things from these books, they will have a massive, massive carryover to your life. And what you start to realize is, shit, how many other things am I missing out on here that I could be applying to my life and enhancing it? It's like add this in cool extra two to five percent add this in add this in add this in and they all add up um even though they're i reference them as small percentages i think the carryover effect is much much greater which kind of leads me nicely into the next book i'm going to talk about the 80 20 principle so ultimately again guys breathing you're going to do it every day just like sleeping you want to put those up higher on your list especially if you want to really enhance your health and your life and, and get an edge because again if you're if you have a greater vitality and capacity to concentrate, focus, recover, and perform, you're gonna be able to actually read more of these books and achieve more that you want in life. So no matter what, you plug this stuff in, you're already ahead. And that's just gonna create a more dangerous and harder to kill, experienced, more knowledgeable version of yourself, which ultimately is a good thing. The 80-20 principle by Richard Koch. So Richard Koch has got this 80-20 principle from, and I've just drawn a massive blank, uh, it'll come to me, but it's not his own. Uh, Pareto, there it is. So the 80-20 principle is Pareto's law, if you will. And this constitutes that 20% of knowledge or 20% of action or whatever it is gets you 80% of the results. Now, most of you have heard this verbiage before. Richard goes into more of the fundamentals and really unpacks the reason behind it and how to manipulate it into your life. But he talks about it as well in much more specificity and clarity because it's not just about the 80-20 principle and again, how 20% is the 80%. It's how to actually apply this to your life, why it works, and it gives you more of a multi-dimensional approach to that principle rather than the just, oh, 80-20, yeah, I kind of get it. No, no, there's much more to it than that. Once again, He's created an abundance of wealth and freedom from this principle. And he uses real life examples once again with himself, with the others, and goes through all of the key fundamentals and the elements behind these principles and how you can actually apply them as well. So phenomenal, phenomenal stuff by Richard. And once again, yes, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend all of them. I keep saying that. Come on, dude. Of course, we're talking about them. All right, quick little, uh, quick little sip of the old H2O. By the way, guys, three liters a day, what you wanna be aiming for. There's another little win for you, eh? Getting that hydration in, we're 80% water, so don't skip out on it. Again, an easy win most people are failing at. 
Now, the next one is Evolve Your Brain by Joe Dispenza. Some of you may have heard of Joe, Dr. Joe. Phenomenal, phenomenal person, um, disrupts massively the psychological space um, of what can be achieved um, with your brain. Someone who was in a massive accident, rehabilitated his spine, rehabilitated himself, his mind, his body, and talks about understanding how you can manipulate that within your own brain. So this one is quite deep, it's in depth. Joe has got many books. You're gonna really have to sit with this one. It does help if you've got a bit of a, a physiology background or anatomy and physiology. If you don't, that's absolutely fine. Even if you just reference or have you know Google open with some of the concepts or note them down so you can have a little look visually, I find that helps. Um, when he's talking about more of the mechanistic side of things and going into the physiology of the brain, the different compartments, how it works and how that affects our body. Absolutely fascinating. I'm a nerd, so I absolutely loved it. But also talking about how ultimately your brain, of course, is the master, it's the control center. And once again, it can absolutely make or break your entire life. And he again uses real life examples of people, which is almost hard to believe in terms of what they've achieved. People on their deathbeds, people who should be dead, but no, once again, using the power of the brain to heal, not with just nonsense, but with actually, you know, uh, a strategic and a pragmatic approach to why. And he promised himself if he recovered, he would devote his life to this research and understanding it. And sure enough, here he is doing exactly that. Joe's got lots of videos out as well. Highly recommend them. Come from a referral from a friend, and uh, yeah, absolutely invaluable as well. The next one, Vagabonding by Rolf Potts. This one is really cool. This one is in the space of world travel. A lot of these books intertwine. Some of them even reference each other. A lot of these authors know each other. So they kind of go hand in hand to complete different elements of your life. Vagabonding is about world travel, the nomad, how to travel the world despite your situation, whether you've got kids, how to do it affordably and do it properly without, you know, roughing it and, you know, cutting any corners or, or doing anything dangerous or breaking the law. It is absolutely phenomenal. If you want to achieve world travel, and I know that's ironic with the current situation, but trust me, it will still give you the skills, the mindsets, the tools, the resources, excuse me, to be able to do this. And it will really open your eyes to what's possible. And once again, Rolf uses real life examples, people with families, people with jobs, people that are not extremely wealthy, people of all ages, ethnicities, because people always go, well, I can't. It's all right for this person because they've got this, or it's all right for this person because they've got that. Well, no, bollocks to your excuses because Rolf Potts shows you, teaches you, explains how to do it. And this is something that we could probably still do with COVID, to be quite honest. And um, again, it's only a matter of time before that does um, alleviate and we can get back to more travel. So if you want to be a bit of a travel nomad, you want to see more of the world, then highly recommend Vagabonding. And it, it really is a big eye, eye opener and even a slap in the face to what's possible. And it will really sort of help you face up to the excuses and dispel a lot of the myths about world travel because travel is amongst the best education in the world. We should all do it more. And if you're not traveling, in my opinion, you've not lived. On to the next book. We've got a couple more before we wrap up. Stay with me. Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. Now, this is an absolute monster of a book. Now, 
Yuval has got three books, I believe, and they work in a realm of Sapiens is sort of past to now. I believe there's one which is current and then there's a future one, which I'm yet to read. This is really deep. There's a lot in this. This unpacks to the most accurate timestamps, knowledge we have available, humankind from the beginning of evolution up to the current era. It is, as I said, a monster of a book. You can read it, you can listen to it, it, it will blow your mind. <laughs> it left me just with so many questions, pondering so many different scenarios. It gave me a whole new perspective on world, on life, on people, on humans. It's very raw, it's very real, it's, uh, it's very intense uh, a lot of times as well. So look, this is a big one. I would suggest reading this in parts, but again, you can completely lose yourself in this and it will just give you another perspective and admiration for the world, for biology, for humans, for animals, for absolutely everything, the environment. Very, very sobering. Couldn't recommend it enough once again. Um, not a must read book, but I think, I mean, I could argue that all these are really, but this is one that you've got to be interested in um, the world, in culture, in history, uh, in geography, in evolution, but it will definitely give you some more skills to your bow and it will make you more articulate in thinking um, and communicating with others as well. So phenomenal stuff. Again, you could argue that all books will give you that. The last one, The Barefoot Investor by Scott Papp or Pape by our fellow Australian. Now, there's a lot of people, this is a bit of a dichotomy, this one. People are the reform against. Some people go, oh, the barefoot investor, it's basic, it's shit. It's like, well, it might be basic, uh, but it certainly isn't shit. And for a lot of people, they are terrible with finances. And Scott is doing this in a way where he's trying to simplify it. So that's the whole angle for this. A lot of you would have read this book. It's very popular. Scott does a really good job of, again, simplifying a lot of concepts of finance, just like the richest man in Babylon, making it applicable, making it real, and actually helping you increase and create wealth. And yes, while there are much more advanced concepts to wealth, most people uh, are neglecting the basics, just like in every element of life. And this is what we always talk about, right? It's what I always talk about. The basics are the best. And once again, before you move up from this, you should be starting with the basics. You've always got to master them. They will give you the greatest return on investment. Again, the 80-20 rule. All of these things are interlinked. Highly recommend that one. It's a really easy read. It's easy to implement. And I guarantee it will put you in a better, better financial position unless you're someone who is excuse me, quick drink, much more advanced in that realm. And that completes my current list. Now, is there more? Absolutely, I could have added so much more, but I didn't want to make it too short. I wanted to go through and give you the books that had, again, changed and impacted my life the most since I'd read them. And I want to leave you with this specifically. Where you are now and the difference between where you are now in six months, 12 months, one year, two year, 10 years, will be the people you meet and the books you read. Listen to that again. The difference between where you are at now and where you are going to be in the future on any timestamp will be the people you meet and the books you read. Think about that. With knowledge comes power. Wisdom is knowledge applied. If you do nothing with the knowledge, it is purely information. 
it does not become wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge applied over time that is accurate, that gauges a benefit in one's life. Read books, guys. You don't have to become a bookworm. You don't necessarily have to read one a week like some people, but choose books that appeal to you, whether that's fiction or nonfiction, you can still learn something from them. They are an escape as well. They are extremely valuable, just like people. Take it with a grain of salt. Don't believe everything, but take the things that work, apply them, you will have a script in advance. People have been there, done it, seen it. A lot of these things in life, they've already been done, they've been completed. So why not get a script in advance? Why not get a leg up? Avoid a lot of unnecessary mistakes, although we need to make them. And fast forward your experience in life, your success, your enjoyment for the people around you and even yourself. Very, very, very powerful stuff. Guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate you tuning in. If you like this solo episode, let me know. Leave me a comment. Ask me any questions about any of these books. If you've got any specifics, hey, what do you think of this? Or where can I get it? Audio and obviously the physical itself. I will put again the list in the description below so you can quickly reference them if you're driving or whatnot. And I will do more of these. I will do more of the things that have helped me out on different topics and I'll do more books as I continue to read through them as well. And of course, you know, if you're not driving and it's safe to do so, please leave me a rating and a review on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube. I know it's just a little thing, but it really does help the channel grow. And I appreciate everyone who's done that to date. Um, it means a lot. It definitely means a lot. And um, it helps the channel grow and it helps more people, which is ultimately my mission to coach, lead and inspire as many people as possible. And the last thing is if you are interested in coaching, having some support, you're not already a client of mine. I have online spots available. The exclusive is booked up at the moment. That's the one-on-one, -on -one. but if you're interested, let me know. I do have a waiting list that I can put you on and I will contact you if you're serious, but the online is still open. Click the apply button link in the description below. We can line up a consultation with myself. It's completely free, no obligations, and we can discover whether it's a great fit as client and coach to be able to help you achieve your health, fitness goals, and beyond. Guys, thank you again. Have a phenomenal day. Until next time, you already know, stay fearless.